You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from this past week, as well as preview the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms like iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, PodBay, Speaker, and much, much more. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And let's bring in the rest of the team. Introducing first... He is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, Miranda. How are you doing? I am doing well. Very excited to get into this week's show. So much to cover, which we cannot do. I stress we cannot do this without (laughs) the third member of this trio team. And who am I talking about? Who? 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 It is the one and only Brendan Barr. Hey, how we doing? Doing. doing well, doing quite, quite well. I have to reveal a little bit uh, behind the curtain. We were uh, just talking about independent wrestling prior to the show and how things are opening back up. And I know we talked about this a little bit last week as well, but it, it does seem like uh, just in general, things are, are kind of opening back up. I don't know if there's yeah. any way to say it, but life is resuming. I don't nope. want to say maybe to a sense of normalcy, but to whatever this new normal is. Uh, a little more like what it was before. Like, yes. Just so yeah. people know, part of what we were doing was we were discussing wrestling travel. Like, yep. maybe I'll go to Vegas for this weekend and I'll see this show, which is, you know, just two months ago. Like, no, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna stay at home. So yeah, you know, we're we're reaching we're reaching some landmark points here. Yes. I just yeah. hope uh just hope the crazy anti maskers don't ruin it for all of us. Right. <laughs> yeah, as Lucha Libre fans, we're certified maskers. Yes, that's <laughs> right. true. It's a good habit to pick up. That's just not saying. to say we don't appreciate you listening to the show even if you're anti mask. But uh, it seems like wearing your mask is the fastest way to, to stop the spread. And yeah, yeah. Absolutely. well, and I think you bring up a good point. <laughs> we will see what happens in the next few months. Um, yeah. I think that's what a lot of 2020 was, was, you know, some peaks happening in the summer. 
and things trying to, you know, slowly reopen to have to only close again. So I think that will, I mean, now there's lots of factors in place. Um, so I think this will be different, but it, it is just very interesting to see what the summer will hold. Um, I know, especially, uh, for wrestling fans, I think this week, um, some news started to kind of circulate about WWE looking for a possible location outside of Florida for SummerSlam. So even yeah. for WWE, that's a very big, um, yeah. move for them to, uh, do a major pay-per-view event outside of Florida, which has been the safe haven for wrestling period now uh for for at least six months um so that too will be very big if if say they do SummerSlam um in another state and again people traveling it will almost feel like somewhat normal for you know since WWE doing a a major show um uh traveling again oh it's it's almost back to, to quote unquote normal when the WWE is uh, sending house shows to your state again, but that's yeah. uh, <laughs> that's still probably a little ways off. Still a little ways away. Well, I mean, since we're already talking about this, we might as well lead off with the road back to shows with Brendan. Oh man, the road back to shows. So uh, Mexico City, Orange. Um. I I uh I said last week I believe that they had two weeks to to get together for the anniversary. Uh I believe that's uh not going to happen because the show that I, I was thinking of seems to be this weekend, but we'll talk about that at CMLL later. So um Mexico City City Still Orange, CMLL has been playing by the rules and hasn't had fans, but has been taping a lot. So they do have, have the first taping. Uh, other people have been doing secret shows again. And once again, the, the government has come out and said, please, please don't do that because that ruins the fun for everybody. So I'm just going to bring that up again. Like, I know we all want to get back to wrestling, and I know that especially indie wrestlers who don't have a big CMLL contract or WWE or AEW, you guys want to do shows. And I, I get it. This is your your passion and your craft. But, uh, you know, be safe about it. Go do, do shows in places where they have uh, safety precautions in here. That's why I keep asking for people to – but uh, to tell me more about your safety precautions, I can say things about shows that are positive and, and help wrestlers find shows and help fans find safe shows. So um, from secret shows, unless you know that they're doing everything to be safe. And generally, you wouldn't need to be secret if that's the case. Um, also on Twitter this week, and I think on other social media, a new lucha promotion called Federation Wrestling started advertising, and it caught a lot of people's attention because the initial image showed three wrestlers. Uh, I think you will sense the pattern when I start saying the names of these three wrestlers, and then three silhouettes behind them, the same way that, you know, like wrestling promotions will do for, uh, uh, oh, uh, mystery wrestlers. I had the word in, in Spanish in my head and it just shot right out. Uh, Luchador Su- Surpresa. Surpresa, yes. Yes. 
uh, which is a shirt that you can buy from Mass Republic. Uh, I saw a couple of actual wrestlers wearing it at Expo Lucha, which made me laugh really hard. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, so they the three wrestlers that they showed were Bestia Del Dragon Lee and Roosh. So a lot of people are speculating that this might be the promotion that Roosh was teasing may happen earlier. And uh, the silhouettes looked very distinctly like they would be other people from the Ingo Bernables faction. Although, again, you can't really prove anything because it's just a silhouette. Like uh, the joke that uh, my friends were using is the who's that Pokemon thing. You can usually <laughs> tell. Like. <it's, laughs> I love that. But you, yeah. <laughs> it's true, though. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, they're advertising for June 21st with uh, pay-per-view. Uh, I've heard rumors that they've also announced a few other big names, but I'm not going to say those big names yet because I haven't seen the advertising myself. So, uh, that, But if it's true, this sounds like it could be a loaded card or at least a – Loaded sounding card until card subject to change happens. So keep your ears open for Federation Wrestling. And then um, as as we were talking about moving more toward the way things were, we're going to have less talk about Road Back to Shows. And we will be doing more segments like what we're about to do here. So this week we had a person on Twitter uh, tag Mask Republic and and me and a couple of other people and he asked the following question. His name uh, is MK96 Flores by the way, just so if you're listening this week uh, MK96 Flores, thank you for asking the question. I know you were asking around and you mentioned it in your tweet, but uh, we are happy to answer questions and do interaction like this. This is concerning Ivelisse. Um He's he asked the uh who did Ivelisse kill <laughs> where they where they had to release her with all of the dead weight in AEW, why is she the first to go? Uh in in the past, act like a fool promoter would job you out for a while. The family company just sent her packing. a bit about this last week i'm gonna i'll whichever one of you wants to jump on i'll let you guys start off on this i've i've done some research too i know we all have opinions go ahead go ahead dusty on the well <laughs> i I, yeah. I have my opinions <laughs> i know that's why i was like i can't i don't i mean i, I, I don't like if I mean, yeah. it's kind of like unjustified. If you meet an asshole in the morning, you met an asshole. But if every company you worked for, you had a problem and, and somebody called you an asshole, you might just be an asshole. I, I mean, yeah, that is that is definitely an but opinion. We, yeah, go say, ahead. Uh, to, to make it, you have to be an asshole. Yes. You have to. You yeah, absolutely have and we to. talked about that and last there's a different week. standard for women yes. and men. And yeah. I mean, like, yeah. she has done nothing approaching like what Austin Aries or somebody like that mm-hmm. has done. And, but she gets treated way worse. And so, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm conflicted on it. I feel like 
yeah, I feel like, like I say, that, you know, you have to be that way. You just have to, to, because everybody's going to walk all over you if you don't. That's the only way. You've got to self-advocate. You've got to be that person. But then again, you can't expect to lead the match when the champion from another company is coming in a championship match just because you're older. Yeah. Like, it's a, I, I, yeah, Yeah. I, I, I have a, (laughs) Complex feelings about it. Yes. <laughs> well, and this is why I just—I mean, so well, and- to 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 work on that question a little bit, we all are going to have feelings on this, so we're all yeah. going to sound off a little bit, and then we'll kind of maybe you'll you'll be able to form a better con- idea. Go ahead, Miranda. I was just going to ask: So, did we get clarification? Was she officially signed to a contract, or was she still doing paid, uh, like paid per appearance? Because I do feel like that somewhat of that structure mm-hmm. can be like if they stopped utilizing her because she was on a per paid appearance is different than letting go of her after an established contractual obligation. So I, cause I do feel yeah. like they have people who come in on a per appearance paid schedule and they just don't use them after that. That's not a contract. That's not an agreement. It's just, Hey, we have this, you know, they, they just, and it seems like a lot of people on that roster are on a per paid appearance or per appearance paid schedule. So I do feel like that may help show that, you know, uh, and I, and I again I think I do remember hearing that she was or she was signed but they didn't release uh anything yeah. uh in, in the press about it um but I I also feel like when they are people are contractually signed it's just a different standard and different structure so I feel like that could just be a part of the story um cuz there are people who are let go for whatever reason we just don't hear about it as much mm-hmm. um just because they bring on the next big thing and oh here's this other big shiny thing and we kind of forget about you know mm-hmm. who they've used and they haven't used but i absolutely agree with what dusty is saying about you know uh, you have to really advocate for yourself, stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. And the perception of that between men and women are very, very different in the world of wrestling. Um, but also I think her approach about it and in going forth and uh, how she's kind of verbally gone after Thunder Rosa. Granted, they have a very long history. She, you know, Thunder Rosa now is, is part of Lucha Libre and America's sweetheart. So I do feel like, that is adding fuel to the fire of, wow, you're a real jerk, you know, because so, why are you you talking all this stuff about Thunder Rosa? She's great. She's wonderful. Look what she's doing. You know, granted, whatever beef they have between them, you know, that's uh, on them. But I think that that's adding more negativity to the story um, that I, I think is making her look worse um, on top of just whatever drama she had with the company, bringing in that history with Thunder Rosa after Thunder Rosa now has done so much and has become more viewed in the public eye and people really, really like her. So, of course, they're going to now look at Elise as the bad guy. Uh, you're you're 100% correct that uh, by saying Thunder Rosa's name out loud during her complaints, she's not doing her her perception of herself. If like I, I I feel like she probably had potential beef that happened backstage because she alludes to that that trainers were part of the issue, mm-hmm. uh, and that all of that and view is immune from that problem which is play 
plagued wrestling for a long time that you get people a little bit of power and sometimes they go a little bit crazy with it, right? Like, <laughs> I don't, I mean, I, I don't know the exact nature of her complaint, so I'm not going to speculate too much on that, but I feel like she's gone out of her way to say that and mention that. And if that, uh, where she had left it and left names out of it instead of continuing to mention Thunder Rosa, I think she would probably have a little more sympathy to her, uh, her complaints. But to Miranda's, yeah, to Miranda's point, Thunder Rosa is a sweetheart right now. So, like, you know, even if she was literally, uh, eating people like Matanza in, in Lucha (laughs) Underground, They'd be like, no, not Thunder Rosa. She's fine. She's great. Um, I did, I did a little bit of research in that interview that, uh, she, that Ivelisse talked about the Thunder Rosa incident. The one time she talked about it shortly after that thing, after her, their match, she, that was the, the, when she said she had been signed, she was finally allowed to officially say it. And then I cross-referenced that with the uh, AEW podcast where Aubrey was talking about the levels of contract. Uh, so it sounds like she was at the lowest tier of contract where you are, are more free to wrestle other places, but you will get paid every time they choose to use you. Mm. Uh, and that, but that also means that you are, you have to prioritize the AEW show. So if you're going to do, if, if you are going to do an AEW date, you can't also take a date in Japan on the same weekend, which obviously wasn't happening during the pandemic anyway, but that's more or less what that contract does. Um, I also agree that I, I think if you look at the way that the roster has come and has fluctuated, uh, up and down over the the past six months of the pandemic, I think other people probably have had quietly had that that tier of contract just let go, and they haven't really said much about it. So I don't think, if you were to look closer, I don't think uh, Evelise is the only one who's been let go. I think she's the only one who said anything about it mm. because she had more emotional investment in it. I think the, that if you look at some of these other people who are doing a few appearances on dark here and there, or would just fly out to Florida, hope to every Wednesday, uh, I think that a lot of them just didn't worry about it when the contract was done. They, they, they took their paychecks and then they went back to doing indie, indie circuit matches with a higher profile and a, and a bigger pay rate. Mm-hmm. So, so um that's that's kind of where I'm where I'm at. I don't I I hope this helps uh MK96 Flores get a little bit of clarity on this. I think I mean of well, uh, semi professional. I don't get paid for this nonsense. Uh but from knowing people in in the indies and knowing people at AEW and knowing that I I don't think she's the only one that's been let go. I think she's the only one that's said anything about it. Um, and that I think she has might have some good reasons for it, but also to Dusty's point, she's been in a lot of trouble everywhere she goes. So maybe she has she just takes that just a tiny step too far every mm-hmm. Well, and like even if you have problems there, like it's sometimes the way you leave more than than what mm-hmm. caused you to yep. leave. Yeah, very uh, fair. <laughs> yes. 
Very fair. Yeah, if you if you burn the bridges on your way out, then that's what people will remember, and yeah. not the amount of times that you helped out or you helped build people up. I mean, let's. She helped build the women's division in AEW. She was a large, largely positive influence, at least from us on the outside, towards them getting a higher profile. She even is leaving as the official first person, uh, for half, one half of the first team, to Another win role, their yeah. only women's tag team gold at this point of any kind. Yeah. It's not a belt. It's a, it's a trophy, but she has it. So... Yeah, I mean, she was, she, that, she does have, leave a good, a big legacy. And, uh, it's kind of a shame that this is happening on that, on her way out because I was really looking, looking at that as being a bigger part of her story at this point. Yeah, it seemed like they had big plans for her. You know, so I mean, it, yeah, it's just sad. Um, all right. Any, any more thoughts on Eva Lee's? I think we've, we've covered yeah, most of the news for this week on her. More stuff. We did, I should throw out there. She did do an interview with, uh, Hugo Savinovich on, uh, with, uh, sorry, Miranda, can you just give us his, uh, socials real quick? Yes, yeah, Lucha Libre Online. Thank you. Yeah. I, I failed to do the, the two do that part of my duty there but uh yeah so she did do an interview with that there uh the uh, bleacher report has a kind of a little bit of a synopsis on it if you don't speak the spanish to to listen to the to the raw interview she has some very emotional things to say about this she feels that um there's a lot of things a lot of factors that go into it and that is also a good way to paint a more full picture of what might have happened is to to listen to her own words on this. Um, all right, I th- I think we're good. I think I'm going to move on to the next one, which is still drama, but it's it's funnier drama. I think <laughs> I think this is more. <laughs> um, in an interview, Doctor Wagner went out of his way to mention Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. Of course. <laughs> <More or> less, <laughs> The ultimate Dr. Wagner move. (laughs) That's, that's what I, more or less, that's what I feel like. It's, it's, uh, you know, if it wasn't going to be Dr. Wagner, it was going to be Psycho Clown or somebody else who uh, is big in Lucha and knows how to, to play with the media, you know, Blue Demon somebody, uh, and, and wants to get that attention because Bad Bunny's big news right now. But basically, he said, Things that were similar to what we said last week. Uh, he said that, you know, Bad Bunny didn't they use any of the luchadors that were, are available on that spot? Um, I don't disagree with him at all. Uh, I hope he, I honestly, I hope he gets what he's secretly asking for, which is a little bit of uh the rub from Bad Bunny. Like I would love to see a triple a triple A match with Bad Bunny and Doctor oh Wagner. My gosh. That would be <laughs> Me too. Well, <laughs> I mean you the, there was a big story that came out uh this week too about Bad Bunny and how he learned the Canadian destroyer the day before WrestleMania. Oh so I mean 
One, I understand Dr. Wagner's point, but two, if he can learn a Canadian destroyer in one day, you better watch out because you never know what he can learn. (laughs) As we pointed out, he had uh, probably the best partner for for that Canadian destroyer because he had a natural athlete. You don't think anyone in AAA wouldn't want to, you know, take that, especially if they would be on (laughs) – Every Latin news channel, website, social media, you know, because another big thing that happened this week is Bad Bunny already sold out his next tour. It's completely sold out already. (laughs) And and tickets only went on sale for, I think, less than 24 hours. Yeah, it wasn't very long. So good. So I get it, Dr. Wagner. Put your your name on Bad Bunny. Ride Uh that rocket until you can't, you know. I I totally get it. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I say, good luck to, to Dr. Wagner on that. I, um, I, I'm all on, I'm on board for anything outcome of this, even, even if it's just Bad Bunny and Dr. Wagner going at it on Twitter. That's still good times for me. So, uh, and then, uh, and our, our kind of happy, feel good end of the segment story, Bandito opened a new gym in Mexico for his 26th birthday. And, of course, this was part of why last week we also reported that CMLL, quote-unquote, released him uh, <laughs> because there were AAA wrestlers that were present at the opening and, uh, they, you know, they notoriously don't really want their wrestlers to be around AAA wrestlers. Um, I don't fully understand the politics of the situation, however – Having talked to, uh, to the Mass Republic people about it, it seems like they just really, really get, uh, get upset about just being even in the same conversation as AAA. So they, <laughs> it is what it is, but it, there were some cool pictures from it. There were a lot of neat wrestlers. He's, uh, definitely going to have a, uh, he had a red carpet opening. And so you had luchadors in suits. Press conference even. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so very cool stuff. I'm I'm very excited to see uh, more lucha gyms opening up, especially with wrestlers like Bandito who are really relevant and present in the now, because that is an even faster ticket to get somebody signed up and going to school than uh, having somebody who uh, was really cool when they were a kid. So good luck on that, and I look forward to seeing future graduates from this school. Now, normally, I would jump into the Indie Roundup, but once again, the only real results I found were from people on the naughty list, so I'm going to just say it again. If you are a promoter, wrestler, fan, and you want you want to, to have a little more publicity, you want to hear us talk about your show, I will happily take your submissions, look at them. I, I promise I will watch any submission that comes to me. We will do our best to talk about as many of them on the air as we can. Mileage will vary. If safe shows i absolutely will give you a shout out right now because like i said at the top of the show that's what i'm trying to promote but uh uh, we will with the very least we will watch all of your stuff so please 
send it to us. I mean, it doesn't even have to be me. We'll give socials at the end of this. You can send it to Dusty or Miranda if you want. Just uh, send it off, and we will throw the indie roundup. All right, there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, the road back to shows and the indie roundup by Brendan. Uh, as he mentioned, we are going to give socials out at the end of the show. So stay tuned if you want to submit uh, some film for the indie roundup. Up next, so we're going to kick it off to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Matt, Matt, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener Collins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast, one in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe. Subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you in partnership with Mask Republic. The Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite Luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Thank you to Denise, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening throughout the the Lucha Central Podcast Network. Up next, Dusty, take us through what happened this week on WWE SmackDown and Raw. 
Yeah, well, surprisingly, like, wasn't a terrible week in WWE this week. <laughs> On SmackDown, we had Rey Mysterio <laughs> against Otis. And a few rough spots aside, this was really a nice, solid match. Otis, he's such a big guy, but he's so agile that he works as a great base partner for somebody like Ray, who yeah. needs a, a bigger, stronger guy now on the ground, like it is. But it, it works perfectly. They both know their roles and what role to play in this type of match. It really was nice. I'm still not a fan of the pairing between Chad Gable and Otis, but it, you know, I'm as excited to see Chad Gable at least after all the releases last week. I mm-hmm. was glad to see his face, but I have a feeling it's more because they don't want AEW to have him than they want him, but that's a, another issue. But yeah, so, you know, a nice solid match. Apparently they're continuing the feud between Rey Mysterio and Otis. I'd have just let that one die if it'd been me, but. You know, WWE does some weird things. And then we had Monday Night Raw. We had Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman versus Mace and T-Bar. And it ended in a rare mask disqualification. So first up, we had Drew versus Mace and T-Bar in a handicap match, which inevitably went to a disqualification when they double-teamed him. But then Braun comes out, and I wish Teddy Long was here because now we got us a tag team match, player. <laughs> so now we have Braun Strowman and Drew in a match against Not Retribution, and eventually in the match, Drew rips off Mace's mask, and the match ends in an immediate disqualification. And after what we saw last week in AEW with Phoenix, like, how in the hell did WWE get this right and AEW hasn't? Like, AEW even mentioned the fact that in Mexico it would have been considered a disqualification win for Phoenix. And I'm just flabbergasted that amongst so many things they got wrong lately, WWE was able to get this one detail right. And and they did it to unmask them because after the match then – um, Drew unmasked, or no, Drew unmasked Mace in the match. That's how it ended. Braun unmasked T-Bar after the match. And so, yeah, interesting angle. I don't know why they well, It's interesting put... that they used it on non-luchadors, too. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which the is thing... the only reason we're talking about this match on this show, by the way. Yes, yeah. yes. Angle. In a non-lucha match, but yeah. Storyline continuity, WWE, <laughs> still. And, and and I know this, you got a lot more storyline continuity on Raw that we're just like, what? What's yeah. happening? What is going on? Yeah, but interestingly enough, they, they get this one detail right, but not, like you say, not for luchadors. Very interesting. <laughs> and I don't know why they didn't put the masks on the line in a match then. You know, I mean, instead of just ripping them off and doing the disqualification ending, the whole thing is... Right? Oh, yeah, no, they could have done... I mean, I would have been happy to have seen an Apuestas match, but no. Yeah, they could have had one at WrestleMania last weekend, you know? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. And then we get to see Humberto Carrillo... Don't get excited. He was defeated by Sheamus in a squash match. Sheamus, he jumped Carrillo before the bell ever rang. He threw him outside. He beats up on him for a second, throws him back in the ring, broke kick, and it's over. It's really not what we would want as Lucha fans, but at least Humberto got to be on TV, I guess. I'm trying to find a silver lining for a minute. So 
At least he was on TV. He looked good. Um, <laughs> he just didn't get to beat Sheamus. I mean, ugh, and it went like. I guess I get the point, but it feels like there's other guys they could have used for that or people that we, you know, don't see as much. It's sad to see somebody as talented as Umberto used for enhancement talent. Yeah. And and speaking of people being too good for the segments they were given, we had Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax (laughs) fighting, still fighting backstage. And who comes to her defense and to have her back? Mr. Angel Garza. Uh, uh, woof. Um, if anybody could turn this around and make something good out of it, I think it's Garza. But at the same time, what an awkward and sudden pairing. I feel like they're just plugging him into the Reginald role. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, 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 I'm not a fan. Yeah. I so, think he, he deserves better than this. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Brendan. Someone else pointed pointed out that the, it the joke, and I'm using the air quotes for those, those of you at home, uh, the joke is that handsome men are dating Nia Jax, ha ha. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't think that that should be funny, so I don't know why they're trying to, to play it that way. No. And well, the fact okay. That- well, Nia's not going to date any uggos. I mean. Yeah, right? that's one. Reginald <laughs> what? wasn't that's- even that cute. Uh, well, I'm thinking nobody is as cute as Angel Garza in the WWE. No, let's be honest. So True. Let's look at another odd pairing historically that ended up being very good, and that's Eddie Guerrero and China. Mm-hmm. And so, if there is a way that they can pull that dynamic off yep. with this, then there's hope because that too at first was a very odd pairing but yes. to see the suaveness and we've told it exactly like Angel Garza is the next reincarnation you know the next iteration of Eddie Guerrero yes. you know and obviously Nia Jax has a lot of those same china vibes so i could see why in theory this could happen cuz we've seen it done before and it was done pretty well but also i think there's a very big difference in the writing and in the not only just the comedy but in the storytelling in wwe now where things that Mm -hmm. worked 15 20 years ago won't work now so i feel like that's where there's silver lining of like oh yeah the story reminds me a lot of that but is it going to be as good probably not um which makes me sad but i think if they were to treat it that way, it could have a lot of potential. I did think about that too, especially since we recently watched a watched the, an Eddie Guerrero China match. I don't know if we talked about it in Lucha Libre. I watched it; it was very interesting. So I definitely was getting those vibes. But uh, in watching that match, I remember that they got. Yeah, three weeks of build on that. They Eddie was chasing her for like two, three months before the angle actually paid off, and she beat the hell out of him in the meantime. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, like they, we just to your point about the storytelling, they don't have the patience to do that kind of uh, storytelling anymore. And it's just unfortunate because you're right. I would if I, if I had confidence that they were going to do something other than oh look, not pretty boys like Naya, uh, ha ha. Uh, I 
I would be more excited about this angle because it could be something interesting and legit magic, but I don't feel like it, it's going to be. Well, they gave us like seven months of Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins last year, so maybe they'll give us a build. <laughs> Touche, and, Dustin. And they completely <laughs> dropped the story, but who counts? Yeah. <laughs> and then Seth comes back and it's like, oh, yeah, there's that guy. But also this week at WWE, we had some releases. The most pertinent releases to our podcast. First, we have Kalisto. And he was drafted to SmackDown. They broke up Lucha House Party. We never got the payoff in that. We got a very quick interaction in the Battle Royale, which coincidentally was also Kalisto's only match for SmackDown after he got drafted. And his only match for WWE after he got drafted to SmackDown. And so he was released. And it's interesting where... Does Kalisto go? He's got a lot of options. Does he reteam with Cinta de Oro, who used to be Sincara? Uh, does he reteam with him? Do they reform the Lucha Dragons? Does he go solo? Does he go to Mexico, AEW, uh, Impact? He's got a lot of options. Lucha Blog thinks his high flying days are behind him, but you know, this time we haven't seen him. He's really, you know, developed his body. He's worked out a lot. He's been able to rest up. And we've seen that Ray can still go pretty hard with his style at his age. So I don't think Kalisto's age or his ring time is going to be a limitation on his abilities at all. I think he's yeah. still... I, mean, I, I think uh, the other point that I believe was in that same review is more relevant, which is that... He spent the last 10 plus years trying to adapt to the WWE style and being told that his instincts are not the correct instincts. So, I mean, how much of that is going to drag on him if he tries to, especially if he tries to work in the American Indies? Uh, but that's, that's true. And and going back, I mean, that's the same thing, too. I Like, I don't know if we'll see him maybe change up his style a little bit. I, I could see him going to something a little more martial arts-based, going back to the Samurai del Sol name. Mm-hmm. And that would be different and maybe fresh enough that he would feel differently about it compared to the kind of lucha style he employed in WWE. I I don't know. He's just – there's a lot of options for him. Maybe – more possibilities for him than anybody else as far as you know like the number of options it's he could do a lot of things which is really interesting and exciting and we may not see him any one place at all i mean we may see him you know lucha blog hypothesizes triple a um i think we could see him more on the american side but i don't know where i think anything's just as likely as the next one but it'll be exciting and both AEW and Impact would allow him to work Mexico, seeing most people do, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's it's an exciting possibility. And speaking of Impact, Chelsea Green, who had previously worked Lucha Underground as Reclusa, was released. She was kind of injury prone during her WWE run, 
But I, I see her going to impact. She was Laurel Van Ness there, the hot mess. Yeah. That was her greatest triumph, I feel, as a wrestler. And I, I think impact is a given for her to return to after this. I, from what I understand, their contracts with WWE, the first date they could appear on TV is July 14th, which happens to be a Wednesday. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And yeah, that's something to keep your eye on. I I selfishly hope that she does impact because they'll let her work indie dates and yes. she's based out of out of the Pacific Northwest, so I'd get to see more of her. So I know we'll I, talk about it a little bit later in the show, but a certain company is bringing back uh women's wrestling regularly yeah. also on, on Wednesdays. So yeah. Yeah, there's I a lot think of... Chelsea Green would be all good over there as well. She'd yeah. be a great fit there. When we, I was going to bring that up when we talk about that later in the show. If you want to know, you just got to keep on listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't have to wait too much longer, I promise. Yeah, I, we'll get to it soon, actually. Uh, but uh, speaking of next AEW, uh, Dusty, let us know what happened this week. We have Elevation, Dark, and Dynamite. Yeah, well, first up on Elevation, our highlight match of the week is Thunder Rosa versus Shauna Reed. This was, honestly, it was a glorified squash match, but Rosa was in the driver's seat, and she has such a spellbinding way of wrestling that it really stands out, and it impresses you every week with her progression. We've mentioned this before. Most people, you see them get better better, and they start to plateau, but we haven't seen that yet in Thunder Rosa. Literally every week, we see more fluid dynamics in her movement more i don't know she just better every week she had an amazing fire thunder driver for the finisher it was stunning and she just continues to be one of the biggest badasses in all of wrestling and it's from the sound of social media she's coming for Britt baker's number one ranking in the women's division and it looks like Britt baker's headed to challenge she does so maybe her first Feud becomes title versus title if Thunder Rosa, you know, is NWA by then. I I, I don't know. There's a lot of exciting things I think could happen with Thunder Rosa going forward, and especially her feud with Britt Baker. I get that Fight Forever vibe from them. Mm -hmm. I would have never expected that a year ago. You know, like that just wouldn't have made sense to me, but now it's perfect. And like I say – Really keep your eye on Thunder Rosa because, like, like I say, she's right behind Britt Baker. And if Britt Baker gets that title opportunity, Thunder Rosa continues her streak. She's the number one contender. And yep. then we wanted to – sorry, Brendan. Oh, no, no, that's fine. I'm just yeah. mostly agreeing with you. We we also wanted to have a uh, honorable mention match for TH2 versus Andre Montoya and Vary Morales. This was another, like, a glorified squash match. But, again, who doesn't want to watch TH2? Like, they're the best tag team that never gets to win on Dynamite. But they're incredible. Jack Evans hit an amazing corkscrew moonsault in this match. But, for me, the real star power of their pairing lately has been Angelico and his Navarro death roll. And yep. he, he hit the Navarro death roll for the win on Montoya, got the tap. Incredible. The work they put in every week is just, mm-hmm. I, I mean, Jack Evans for a little while, he was kind of 
not sloppy necessarily, but it felt like he just couldn't get his rhythm. But it's really seeming to come back yeah. now. You know, like he's really hitting the higher spots. The like I say, that corkscrew moonsault was incredible. Yeah, I, I really like this TH2, and I think they're on their way back up. They had some derailment there when um, Jack got so blown up in that match against Kenny, I think. It yeah. kind of affected their momentum, but it seems that they're slowly getting it back and kind of coming into their own again, and I, I'm excited. I'd love to see them on Dynamite. We'll see what happens. So one of the other cool things about this match just very really really fast it's uh it's all 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 to influence wrestlers so when even though it was kind of a glorified squash match the guys that are working with th2 are definitely more expert at making them look good so this is a very fun match to watch from that point of view too yeah it really was it was yeah it was a great lucha match you know like it was surprisingly solid for a squash match. That, it doesn't do it justice when I say a squash match because it, it was really better than that, but I don't know how else to describe it. So there we are. Um, and then Tuesday, we have Dark, and our highlight match is Diamante versus Queen Aminata. And I love what we're seeing from Diamante as a singles wrestler. She is just so vicious as a wrestler right now, especially in the singles setting. And it really benefits her Sakaria moniker. This was Queen Aminata's AEW debut, and she had an impressive debut. But it takes way more than impressive to beat somebody as tough as Diamante. She split Aminata's lip for her trouble before getting the pin in three easy minutes. This was such a cool match if you're a Diamante fan. Like, she just looks undescribably tough. And, you know, we mentioned this before with the pairing of her and Thunder, or uh, her and Ivelisse, rather, and during her match last week with Thunder Rosa, Diamante just looks so tough and so badass, and it's really exciting. And she's, you know, she's also climbing in the rankings now. So Mm -hmm. it'll be exciting to see what happens there. And then on Wednesday night, you know what that means. It's dynamite. We had, first up, we had Hangman Page versus Pretty Ricky Starks. Uh, streak versus streak, they had the two longest undefeated streaks in AEW. They were number one and number two contender. Whoever won became number one contender. And it, it was exciting. This match, for me at least, is something AEW does vastly better than the main roster WWE, and that's build new stars. These are both young guys who have really knocked it out of the park over the last year. Ricky Starks has never even performed in front of a full AEW audience. I mean, he's this good, and he's never been in front of the big audience. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. crazy. And the the match definitely had the feel of something we're going to be seeing again someday, just because these guys feel like the future of AEW to me. I mean, they're, they're what's coming next. They're young guys, and it's... Very different from WWE, where you're seeing the same guys we've seen for nearly 10 years, sometimes more than 10 years, in the title picture. And they're not building new guys with it. They're just giving the old guys, like, a chance to be champion, and it's different. And so this just felt fresh and different for me. 
and Starks speared Hangman for a near fall and escaped the dead eye. Uh, instead, Page pulled Starks into a bulldog choke and pulled out the win just before the nine-minute mark. This was a really great match. If you're a Ricky Starks fan, how can you not be? He had an incredible promo on Dark where he told Hangman that he'd be his Huckleberry. He was wearing a very fine Western shirt in a bar. He he looked like a million dollars. He's from Texas. He you know he knows the Undertaker. Starky Baby knows where the good country bars are. Yeah. <laughs> So it was, yes, it was just exciting, uh, very cool. Hangman Page is already kind of a star because of the elite, but to see Ricky Starks kind of on an equal level with him and how quickly he's climbed within AEW from leaving NWA to going to AEW, it's incredible. Like, we've talked about it on the show a lot, but Ricky Starks, yeah, he's it. And then, we had what everybody's excited for this week, Trent versus Penta El Zero Miedo. I am loving the pairing of Penta and Alex Abrahantes. Something about him dunking on Trent, it's just hilarious to me. I love it. In the middle of the match, Alex runs out. He's like, Trent, 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 hold on. Penta wanted me to deliver a message before the match, and I totally forgot. Penta says, you suck. Penta says your friends suck. <laughs> and Penta says, most of all, your mama sucks. Uh... And, and like, that is some serious Rudo business. And I yeah. love it. Like, so Rudo. Poro Rudo. And that's the kind of Rudo we need. I mean, like, it takes balls to step to Sue, especially on Dynamite. So I admire that. He stepped to Cody on the baby and the pregnant wife. Now he's stepping to Trent. On his mom, like, this is a real rude Penta, and I, I, I am here for it. The match itself was really interesting and well-placed. Penta had a really nice sling blade into a destroyer combo. I find the pairing of best friends versus triangle odd, like death triangle, rather. I find it an odd pairing. But something about it really works for me inside the ring so far. After Alex got Trent nice and pissed off, Orange Cassidy got into the ring to even up the numbers against Alex, but he doesn't see Penta coming. He gets walloped, gets the sunglasses kicked into outer space. Penta kicked him, knocked his head off. It was amazing. And then Penta tosses Trent to Alex, who drives his forehead in with the microphone. Sounded like a gun went off before Penta scoops him up into the package pile driver for a beautiful win. And next week, we get Penta versus Orange Cassidy because of this match. And I am so excited. Like, this was incredible. I would not, like I say, on paper, Penta versus Orange Cassidy sounds a little Right, random. Yeah, but at the same time, after seeing this match, I'm really excited for it. Like, I think they can do interesting things. And who would have thought Alex Abrahantes would be getting involved, like physically involved? Well, everyone, one, everyone needs a manager and or a faction in AEW. It's pretty much a rule. <laughs> I don't know if they have an yeah. HR manual, but I'm pretty sure if they did, it's part of it. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, it's also a good utilization of the fact that maybe Penta doesn't have the, you know, the ability to cut uh, a, a long promo in English. Being able to have a, a manager, in his case, may be 
good um, because AEW is so promo based um, and, mm-hmm. and they play heavy on that. So uh, it seems to go in flow with the style of, of AEW, but it's also kind of a fun way to utilize someone who's already on your roster um, who's bilingual. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it's a creative yeah. utilization of who you already have. Yeah, they they do a good job yeah. of that within AEW. Mm-hmm. You know, when they pair somebody up, it always feels right in a way. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason. It makes sense. But this, like, it's multifaceted. It's so yeah. many layers to it. But there's also something so funny and so humiliating for the opponent, for Alex to run out and, hold on, Penta says, you yes. suck. You know, I mean, like the the added element of it is just so good. It's way better than if Penta just yelled, you suck. Like that would be just trash talk. But the the comedy part of it, you I didn't find um, predictable. Like I didn't expect to see the the humor in it as much as I have, but it works so perfectly like. AEW has just got it on fire with a lot of – I'm still mad about that disqualification finish that didn't happen last yeah. week. With Phoenix. <laughs> but everything else they do has really been fantastic, and I've been very impressed with the – Well, just as the, long as they stick with the – as long as they stick with this and devalue Penta or – Yeah. Because they keep doing the up and the down. I feel this is a – yeah, I feel like we're – this. maybe I'm wrong. I hope they don't drop the story in a few weeks as they're kind of prone to do. Like, like I mentioned with the Cody thing, they're prone to yeah. dropping stories. But I feel like this is building to that street fight that we were supposed to get last year and didn't and the mm. Proud and Powerful stepped in. And yeah. so I hope that's yeah. where this is going. They're evolving Sue again. You know what I mean? Like all the – the pieces are falling into place, but Penta's doing all the heavy lifting by himself right now, which is kind of interesting. And yeah, it's just a a unique spot for him, and I really like seeing him on TV every week. This is kind of yeah. what we all wanted for a long time, so it's nice to see him in a in a upper program. It's not necessarily a you know, like a main event program or anything. There's not a title on the line, but he's in an important program that's, you know, nicely placed in the show. And a lot of people are very into Orange Cassidy. And so that's a nice match for him next week, too. There's just a lot of signs that AEW has got some confidence in this and that it might be going somewhere. Yeah, and indeed. Well, don't forget that you can get the results for WWE shows like Raw and SmackDown, as well as AEW shows, uh, Elevation, Dark, and Dynamite at LuchaCentral.com. Up next, we're going to talk some MLW and some big news that came out this week where Court Bauer and MLW announced that they have landed a new TV deal with Vice TV, um, which is scheduled to launch next month. Um, this is MLW's first big TV deal. 
back here in the States in quite some time. And it does make sense that they're partnering with Vice TV as Vice has been airing uh, the Dark Side of the Ring documentary series. Season two is coming up very soon. Uh, Vice TV, though, is a channel that not a, a lot of people have. So it will be interesting to see if they are still going to have it available on YouTube um, or is it going to be exclusive to Vice and maybe some of the other streaming platforms like BNTV, uh, Fubo, and other formats like that. But a big, big deal that MLW is coming to Vice TV, another major wrestling promotion, big, you know, North American wrestling promotion, Mm -hmm. landing a television deal. I just want to get your thoughts real quick on the MLW uh, Vice TV deal. Do you think it's going to be beneficial or do you think it may hurt MLW going with uh, maybe a, a TV channel that isn't as well known as USA or TNT I don't know that there is a USA or a TNT that would be knocking down MLW's door. At, uh, allegedly, New Japan turned down the same deal that mm-hmm. MLW accepted. But if they're going to use it as the lead-in to Dark Side of the Moon or as a you know a program in between uh, – or Dark, Dark Side of the, of the, of the yeah. Ring. Yeah, yeah sorry. Um, Dark Side of the Ring, or is a program in between Dark Side of the Ring and like the discussion program for Dark Side of the Ring afterwards, I could see where it's really going to draw a lot of eyes that have mm-hmm. never seen MLW, don't know much about MLW, mm-hmm. a surprising amount of people that have talked to me about Dark Side of the Ring don't watch wrestling anymore, period. It's, you uh-huh. know, the, the people they yeah. remember. Yeah. And so to get them to watching a new wrestling program, might be, you know, getting a whole lost audience that would be built in. I think it's a gamble, but I think it's a very wise gamble on MLW's part. Yeah. Yeah. So I think even more to the point that I'm on there, I think that the fan, those laps fans that watch are really going to gravitate towards MLW's wrestling history. Like, part of what we've talked about a lot of the time is they have, have uh, because they have a history, they have a tendency for old school matches. They do other things won't care as much about. Like, they have where Mil Muertes basically buries, uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, just, you know, but for the stuff, to the um, channel, it's TV seems to be very aware that they're not in all of the markets because I was able to, on Vice TV's official YouTube channel, watch all of season one of Dark Side of the Ring after shown on the air. So once every episode was out, they put it all up on the YouTube. So there may be a delay. We may may not get enough, uh, a, like a shiny new episode of MLW some thing on the YouTube channel. We don't have ice in our area. And I'm sure that MLW has, have, has put in provisions for we want to make sure network are still able to find us. Yes. Watch us. 
Good, good point. Another big announcement this week is that tickets uh, became available for their first live schedule event happening on Saturday, July 10th at the famed 2300 Arena in Philadelphia. Um, another announcement, too, from Court Bauer is that they are going to be giving the wrestlers a break. Um, I believe they're going to be wrapping up Fusion episodes in the next few weeks. And then from there, they're going to be giving wrestlers a break uh, before they go back to a live audience. So that's in some ways great that they're going to uh, be able to build up a little bit of the suspense. But it could also be a way that maybe some of that momentum dies down um, because since they have come back, they have really grown and reestablished their fan base. Um, so, you know, I think that there's uh, positives on, on both sides, but it does mean that they probably were going to be wrapping up some storylines or building up to uh, some things that may, maybe we have some big reveals on July 10th. As far as this week's episode of Fusion, we kicked off with Gino Medina versus Rocky Romero. And commentary really played up about the loss that Gino Medina had last week against Richard Holiday. Also, the famed history of Rocky Romero and um, the partnership essentially between MLW and New Japan as far as MLW stars being featured on New Japan uh, U.S. television like Leo Rush. Um, and so really they were the commentary just really played up about how that loss against Richard Holiday may be affecting Gino Medina during this match in particular. Um, as far as the match itself, it did start off slow, much more technical hold based, um, not so much uh, in the high flying area. But there was an awesome 450 kick uh, that Gino Medina landed on Rocky Romero. Of course, Rocky with the uh, classic finger poke to the eye. Um, and then we also had uh, a great tornado DDT by Rocky Romero um, and a suplex into the armbar uh, to give Rocky Romero the win by submission. So this was a, a great match to start off with. Very technical, um, but also some good show uh, moments of showmanship as far as Gino with his attitude and Rocky Romero with kind of his his flash. Um, but again, it's the second loss for Gino Medina. So I am interested in seeing what they're doing with Gino because he had a strong comeback and a little program uh, with um, uh Oh my gosh. Uh, I keep forgetting his name. Loco. Gringo Loco. Yeah. Um, and so he had a really great series of matches with him. Gringo very Loco. aggressive. Yes. Uh, very aggressive, very dominant in those matches against Gringo Loco, but now two losses. Uh, one against Richard Holiday and another against Rocky Romero. So I don't know if they're setting him up for something else or something different or, you know, what what's happening here after bringing back that that good start um, just a, a little over a month ago. Um, another thing that we had was a Los Parks promo, and this was one really directed towards Selena De La Renta and how El Jefe is very mad at her right now that she failed El Jefe, she failed Azteca Underground, and that uh, she, they understand she has an opportunity, um, which we did see a promo about that, um, that she has an opportunity to help make things right with El Jefe. 
Um, but we don't know what that means. So uh, Los Parks are not happy with her. El Jefe is not happy with her. And, you know, it seems like she has this one opportunity to try to make things right with him. We still don't have any idea as far as the larger picture with Azteca Underground. Um, that's something they keep on teasing and teasing. I don't know if we'll have any resolution before the big show on July 10th. Um, that is much more of a TV angle. So who knows if that's something that they're going to bring after the live event or is it going to be something that they uh, try and close up or at least do some reveals uh, before they go on hiatus or a little bit of a break. The main event, though, we had Buku Dao versus TJP. And this is a story of student versus teacher. Um, this stemmed from a tag title opportunity that they had uh, several weeks ago in which Buku Dao got pinned and TJP got really upset. And we saw this heel turn from him in which he ended up pushing, shoving, and eventually beating up his own student. Um, but they really played up of the experience of TJP versus this young gun drive of Buku Dao. Um, the match started off with Buku Dao going for a kick, but then just TJP just shoving him backwards. And neither of them are huge men, but Buku Dao is short, like five foot. So, I mean, if someone of TJP's size yes, uh, can, can just kind of shove him around, you know that they're really playing up that size disadvantage between the two. Um, but uh, really, it, it was uh, a match of TJP playing on his experience and, and what works for him um, as far as kind of that faster pace. Um, he also did a springboard senton. And then, of course, you know, trying to go for that. Uh, he did both, a, I think, a um, surfboard hole in and an octopus stretch. So really playing up on those holds. But um Buku Dao got the surprising win after a middle rope uh, spinning flatliner. Um, so that was the way that that uh, fusion almost ended as far as the final match. Um, we did get a announcement at the end uh, in which Hammerstone challenged uh, fought, uh, two for a title versus title match, um, which is not necessarily lucha related, but still pretty big deal. Um, for MLW, but a, a great episode as far as two really good matches on this week's episode and a lot of storytelling, including the continued saga of Azteca Underground. So with that, though, we have some Mass Republic news. Uh, Brendan, what's up with Mass Republic? What's going on? Okay, so a lot is good, but it's teasing that's working because it's got me excited. Dash Mass teased that they are working with Andrade El Idolo, which could only one guy. Uh, they didn't show his face. Mass, but they are saying that some they should come soon. Andrade El Idolo has. That that uh, I want very much. Yeah. Very Please cool. soon. Uh, the uh, Kevin with Mass Republic was something is going to happen right around Cinco de Mayo, and then he said something. He mentioned uh, Pale Horse, Urban Aztec. He mentioned Conan. I think there was another. 
other name in there that made me go, wow, this is going to be a huge announcement. Keep your ears. We'll be keeping our ears open. Keep your Something fun is coming up in the not too distant future. So that's those are my, like I said, it was all teasing. That's what they get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So we're gonna jump to this week's NXT. And not a whole lot of in-ring action, but some continued storyline development. First off, we had a interview. Uh, Beth Phoenix had a sit-down interview with Io Shirai, talking uh, to her about what is next. Um, pretty much Io put over Raquel Gonzalez as one of the fiercest competitors that she's faced so far and that uh, she will be pursuing her rematch but also will be taking some time away. That's when we had uh, the interview interrupted by Frankie Monet. Um, Frankie came in saying that, uh, you know, she congratulated um, Io on just having a, a lengthy reign um, and even told Beth Phoenix how much she loved her and watched her as a kid. Yeah. Um, before yeah. that's, like they're not almost the same age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like three and, years apart. <laughs> and then, uh, but Frankie Monet promised that she was going to fill in Io Shirai's shoes at the top of the women's division. So Frankie really pushing that she is going to be the new leader of the NXT women's division. Um so it seems very easily that, you know, Raquel will probably face EO in a rematch. But after that, we're going to see probably Frankie move her way towards working uh, to that NXT Women's Championship, maybe facing EO Shirai first, which that in and of itself would be amazing, amazing yes. to watch. So, uh, again, both of them having that Lucha background, um, I mean, that's going to – and and most people won't even know that that's going to be undercover. So that's just, that's going to be fascinating. <laughs> uh, we also got a promo by Mercedes Martinez, who's pretty much has her eye on Raquel Gonzalez, but also mentioned how, you know, Dakota Kai has kind of been the lapdog, which is very funny because that had been the opposite of the dynamic for much of last year. Uh, but Mercedes Martinez keeps on pressing and pressing to get an opportunity to face Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, and then as far as in-ring action, well, the only thing we really got this week uh, came at the end of the NXT Cruiserweight Championship match. Kushida put out an open challenge, very similar to the one that he answered last week. And out came Oni Lorcan. Um, the match itself was great. Um, and Kushida won after putting in the hoverboard lock and forced Oni to submit. After the match, Santos Escobar uh, appeared at the top of the stage. And then Legado de Fantasma jumped in from behind. And they were doing the beatdown until uh, MSK came out to make the save. And so uh, that led to what we're going to see next week. Um, and it's going to be a six-man tag. Um, Kushida is going to team up with MSK. They are going to face Legado de Fantasma. 
So uh, if you are looking, this is something I'm really, really looking forward to for next week. So uh, keep your eyes on that. Also established for next week, Mercedes Martinez is going to face Dakota Kai. Um, so we're going to see Mercedes kind of making her ways and steps towards Raquel Gonzalez, which Raquel, in her credit, in her promo this week, mentioned that she's ready for all challengers. So um, I love how they're utilizing Mercedes Martinez since she's come back to NXT. And again, building up to Mercedes versus Raquel, shut up and take my money. Right? <laughs> shut up and take it. Just take it. Uh, I, so I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if this, I don't know when the next takeover will be, so this will likely be on TV. Um, but even then, I, I think that this is going to be fascinating. It's going to be such a good, good build up. And I mean, Mercedes Martinez is tough. She has been in this wrestling business for quite some time. Um, she has such a, a big background, um, in wrestling and different forms of fighting. I think that could really, even though what she may not have in, in size like Raquel, she can make up in style. And I think that's going to be different than what Raquel has faced. But it also will help establish her championship because I do feel like, you know, Raquel is going to be champion for quite some time. Oh, you know she's going to be for quite some time. Yes. So, again, not a whole lot of in-ring action, but some storyline development. And, again, next week, two really good matches already set. A six-man tag with Kushida and MSK versus Legado de Fantasma. And then, of course, again, Mercedes Martinez versus Dakota Kai. And, of course, you can get those results on LuchaCentral.com. But up next, Dusty, go ahead. Teach us a lesson. Give us this week in Lucha Libre history. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Now it's time for this week in Lucha Libre history. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera for information, birth dates, anniversaries, matches of the day, amazing videos, and even more. And it's all about Lucha Libre at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week I chose April the 20th, 1998, when Ultimo Dragon faced La Parca on WCW Monday Nitro. It feels weird to say that this is both of these guys in their prime, considering they're still out there putting on pretty good matches, but it's at least a chance to see them during their WCW prime. Uh, there were some great spots, the Ultimo Dragon getting the knees up to on a dive or jump from the top rope rather from the park like this is stuff you don't get to see him do anymore it was really cool uh los guerreros are here in the match chavo lost to ultimo dragon the night before so eddie cajoles him into interfering chavo goes in he pushes ultimo dragon off the top rope and la parka picks up a big win especially for him at that time before he later teamed up with Eddie and the Latino World Order later that year. This was the third or fourth match on Nitro between La Parca and Ultimo Dragon. It was his first win between the two, so it was really exciting, really fun. Great match. Highly recommended. It's only about seven minutes. Easy to watch. What did you pick this week, Brendan? Uh, I This week, I chose, this is not a seven-minute match. This week, I chose April 21st, 2017, when Legend 
Legends of Lucha Libre star Taya Valkyrie, not Frankie Monet, uh, <laughs> won the Libre AAA Reina de Reina's Championship from the second time in her career, beating Ayoka uh, Ayako Hamada at the Auditorio Fausto Gutierrez Moreno uh, in Tijuana. Uh, this is a match that set the internet on fire w- when it happened. Um, I got to feel like quite the, quite the smug star by, by having already watched the match by the time the internet had caught on because I was watching that Triple Mania or that, that pay-per-view live. Uh, man, uh, first off, a thing of about this match that I had forgotten is Taya comes out to Johnny Mundo's Born in the USA, which is also <laughs> wildly inappropriate. It was because she was coming in, into this heel, and and Hamada came out wearing uh, Peros del Mall colors, uh, had the 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 markings on the face and everything. Uh, so she was very definitely set up to be kind of the defending face because part of what happened when Taya aligned with Johnny Mundo was that she, uh, in story, left the Peros behind and um, turned their uh, like betrayed them pretty hardcore. Uh, but they, this was such a back and forth match that was brawling everywhere. There was, I mean, tons of blood. It was just physical in, in ways that you don't expect a TV match to be, let alone a TV match for the, the women, because it's not something that you see all the time. The women do all the time. The two of these, two of them went at it. And by the end of the match, when Taya actually won, the fans, Fans were cheering for her. They were they, so like they'd forgotten that she came out as just an absolute jerk at the beginning of the match. They were just uh, so impressed with that match. It didn't matter who won, they were going to be on their feet cheering for either their person, and they were just sad. and then Vampiro comes out and congratulates. And I mean, it's it, it's a truly historic match i think most people that are listening to this show probably will have watched it but if you haven't definitely go check this one out this week this is a killer killer match miranda what did you go with this week so this week i picked april 22nd 2018 and that is when legends of lucha libre superstar penta cero m won the impact world championship um, after beating Austin Aries and Ray Phoenix in a three-way match at Redemption. Um, and this was at the Impact Zone in Orlando, Florida. And this interested me for a few reasons. One, 2018 was really the prime time for Lucha Libre in uh, Impact Wrestling. You had LAX in there. Penta was regular. Phoenix was there. And now where are they all at in AEW? <laughs> um, and so it was kind of a, a callback to that. Um, and then the match itself, there are some clips out there, um, impacted a really good, um, uh, review video of it where you got to see the highlights of it. And I think that especially because it was a three way that involved Penta and Ray Phoenix, you got to see both of them in a tag team dynamic when they had movesets against Austin Aries, but also against each other. 
And I think that's very rare in uh, on American television that we've seen that. We've seen them one-on-one, but not in a dynamic where you played both the tag team element and the singles element in a single match. Um, and so what I learned about this, I didn't know at the time, um, is that this was kind of already done at WrestleCon 28, uh, 2018 when they had a Impact versus Lucha Underground co-promoted event um, and that they had already done this at WrestleCon and Penta won that match as well. And then this got put mm-hmm. together after Alberto El Patron uh, was fired from impact wrestling uh right before the redemption pay-per-view um pentagon phoenix were were scheduled to face each other but when uh el patron left they ended up booking this as a triple threat match and i think again fans were shocked that penta won um but also he didn't win it for very long um he defended the championship twice one in a triple threat match again against eli drake and jimmy jacobs uh, the next day, and then a second time um, against uh, Austin Aries, in which he lost, and Austin Aries got the belt back. So he was champion for literally a cup of coffee, and then the belt went back to Austin Aries. Um, but this is a, a great match to watch, too. Again, because of you have both of the the dynamics in one uh, match, and I mean the element of Austin Aries in there too. Uh, this is Austin Aries in a great match where you know he he sells fantastic, his moveset is great, and this is kind of you know in the prime when things were going really really well. Um, and now to see where everybody is as well too is kind of interesting, knowing on the other side of history. Um, also, we'll talk about Impact in a little bit later too. Uh, in the show but for me you know thinking about how impact has changed over the years and what is coming ahead you know who knows what's going to happen um but that's why i picked uh that match yeah very cool good stuff yes well we talked about uh this day in lucha libre that you can find at luchacentral.com brandon what else can our listeners find on luchacentral.com Oh, man. So I'm going to do this again. If you're listening to this and you haven't visited it's LuchaCentral.com is Lucha Libre, where you can get all of their top news in English, Spanish, find best curated video content seen anywhere else, find when Lucha Libre events will be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. Place to have. In this case, we're not taking. Money. It's just there. LuchaCentral.com. Your centralized things, Lucha Libre. All right. Thank you for that, Brendan. And with that, though, I'm going to let you also lead us into some CMLL news. Uh, yeah. So I wanted to give an update because there is a uh, pay per view on. Uh, on uh, Ticketmaster Mexico this weekend. 
they uh the card ha- it is uh it's a very very in uh, I mileage is gonna vary for some people. But uh let's go over this. So the show is gonna be on Saturday. It's not on Friday like they've been doing other pay per views. But it is uh first up we have we're gonna have an uh Perico Zakar versus Shamuel and these are the minis and it's gonna be a Relevos incredible match. Uh, so that means you've got, you know, some guys that normally don't team with each other. They might use that for story or they might, uh, it, it, it's an intro mix of, of the guys to make the unusual start to the show. Uh, next match we've got, uh, Mapola and Mar- Marcellus and La Yarochita. Uh, this is another, uh, it's, uh, time you have, have, uh, Dennis and, and the combination of the other, uh, let me in for something quite fun. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in how that one plays out. Uh, and then we're going to have the, Final of the Mexican trios. So we're going to have Guerrero Maya Jr., Star Jr., and Stuka Jr. versus Anzarobo, Raziel, and uh, Vius. So, uh, this is amazing. You've got, you've got a most leal team against an all face team. You've got Flyers against Technus. It's going to be a match of, it's most likely, so you're going to see a lot of real hardcore lucha, which is just, that that, that gets me in the field, so I'm, I'm excited for this. We're going to have Carissa and Mitch attempting to defend their tag team championship against Nero and Terrible. So that's those new Nuevos England. Um, I'm the title fans on this one. Uh, the fans there, I would expect the title to change hands because that would irritate them and they'd get a really large crowd reaction. So who knows. Uh, and our main for the pay-per-view this weekend, we're going to have of Atlantis, Euphoria, and Volador Jr. against Barbario, Cavernario, Gran Guerrero, and Ultima Guerrero. So, uh, it's kind of a, this is kind of a rematch that never happened because of COVID and then injuries and other things. And you will notice that Euphoria is on the opposing team from Ultimo and Gran Guerrero and then they have Barbario, Cavernario there. So, they're uh, kind of a little storyline that was happening where Euphoria wasn't very happy with the uh, uh, and uh, you could wind up with very interesting ways this plays out. Uh, uh, I would guess that Atlantis up and has his mask nearly torn off of his face. But uh, that's our card for the weekend. Uh, again, the show is on it is on Ticketmaster Mexico there is no option because of Ticketmaster 
from Mexico maybe a while before these matches turn up on YouTube. If you are interested in any of them, I highly recommend spending the 8 to $9 that it'll take to get this pay-per-view. Um, but that's my CMLL update. And we can't do ZML without a little AAA news. Uh, so, Dusty, you have some news that just came out uh, regarding AAA. Yeah, that was announced in a Spanish um, press release and press conference that Rea de Reyes will be held on May the 1st. They have not announced any kind of location for it yet. So it's very likely that it's going to be like a closed-door show. But hopefully, you know, we'll get to see it. I'm sure there'll be some workaround to see it in the United States. But the bigger, or maybe not the bigger news, but the, you know, interesting news. They said the Reyna's title had been vacated due to Taya signing with WWE. That was kind of a given. We actually, Pep Carrera gave me the heads up on this. I had to check out the press conference myself. But yeah, they said that the title had been vacated and it heavily implied that the new champion will be, you know, crowned on the show. We will see a new Reigns champion on the show. So that's very exciting to know that we've got that title match on the show right away and yeah. it'll be exciting to see what happens. It's very little build for a big show, but they had some storylines earlier this year that just kind of seemed to be paused. And so I think that's where those storylines were heading. And I think that's probably why they canceled the auto Lucha show quietly a couple weeks ago. It just kind of, they were ready to do, I don't know about fans necessarily, but I think they've known that May the 1st was ready to Bray as longer than we have and that it was just a matter of whether or not they could have fans before they announced it and they finally just announced it but we'll see i mean it's exciting well as far as i know no matches have been announced yet but we'll see hopefully in the next week and a half you know it's next weekend so we'll find out what happens next weekend man and i I thought Yeah. Up next, Brendan, uh, we have some news on this week in Ring of Honor, including something we alluded to earlier in the show about uh, Ring of Honor bringing back a Wednesday staple. So, uh, first off, this week we had the following. Television. They did a nice little opening segment for that. Now, the bad news for fans of this show is there was no real They did feature in their kind of history. Featured predominantly, obviously, current world champion was in there, but also that. So they do give some hefty nods to that. Um, the matches these were voted on by fans so that partly partly their decision uh we got briscoe versus briscoe we got the 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 brothers fighting two guys doing a good old-fashioned southern style this is probably going to be a good match for you but again nothing lucha <laughs> at all and then you had the pure title match Action where you have versus, or Johnson Gresham versus Jay Lethal. Uh, it's pure rule. 
rules match with two of the best pure rules wrestlers that ROH has. Uh, they, it's not strictly Lucha, but it's closer than a lot of things you'll see. And, and it's well worth. As for the other announcement that we were alluding to, because I'm so excited, I'm just going to toss this back to you. Go ahead and give us the announcement on what we can expect coming out of ROH in the Yes. So for a little bit of context, uh, back on the 19th anniversary show, it was announced that uh, Ring of Honor was going to restart their women's division with a tournament to crown a new champion. Um, the previous uh, championship was uh, deactivated in 2019 um, and they haven't really. They haven't had really any women's wrestling or women's champions since then. Um, so we are going to get a women's tournament uh, this summer. Uh, but also now, Women's Division Wednesdays is coming back. So similar to what they used to do, Women of Honor Wednesdays, we have Women's Division Wednesdays, um, which is going to start next week, uh, Wednesday the 28th on Ring of Honor's YouTube channel. There's going to be a new women's match every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern featuring newcomers and Ring of Honor veterans. Um, this At this point, there it's not quite tied into the tournament um, because no participants for the tournament have been announced yet. The only tie-in they currently have is an ongoing, ongoing storyline between Quinn McKay and Angelina Love. Um, those are pretty much the two of the few women on the current roster that actually have a story. Um, but yeah, we are getting uh, women's divisions Wednesday on ring of honors, YouTube. So I'm very excited. That's the one thing as we've talked about on the show that ring of honor has been missing since their relaunch. And it's great to see um, them come back with it. But the landscape of women's wrestling has changed a lot since 2019, primarily because uh, NXT, both WWE and AEW have swooped up a lot of independent talent. Um, so mm-hmm. it's it's going to be very interesting to see who they bring in. Now, as we talked about, there's a few releases that happened in WWE um, that could really benefit from them. Say like a, a Chelsea Green who's worked television, who's worked the independent circuit. And as much as it does make sense for her to go to Impact, maybe she'll stop by Ring of Honor as well. Um, you know, who who knows? Um even though Ring of Honor doesn't have quite the comedic uh, side too, Billy Kane and Peyton Royce were also released, and that would be great for them too. But uh, yeah. you know, there's still a lot of fantastic independent talent um, available to be a part of this Women's Divisions Wednesday. So uh, good on Ring of Honor. Very, very excited to see what this comes about. And it does seem like they can utilize this time frame to start building up for the tournament that's going to happen later this summer. So uh, round of applause for Ring of Honor. Just continuing to, to kill it. Yeah. Really key name in those WWE releases well, uh, that I think uh, we is highly likely to show up in the Ring of Honor tournament, maybe before she goes and does something else in that future, if not present Hall of Famer, I don't have track on that. Uh, having her a lot of credibility to it and really help them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. 
So more content on Wednesdays to watch if anyone's keeping track. <laughs> yeah, more. But but it is watch it Thursday morning. Yeah. Yeah. Off of Twitter. so for our final news story of the day we're going to end off with impact wrestling um again this is now their second week on thursday nights as far as this week on access tv we did get a match between the good brothers and decay crazy steven black taurus um which the good brothers won uh by hitting the magic killer on crazy steve um but again black taurus is finding a very good rhythm and impact um and i believe he had a match last week against doc gallows which he did lose as well too um but being in a pretty high profile uh series of matches with the good brothers um is some good visibility for decay um and again black taurus has found a very good rhythm i feel like with decay and with impact wrestling i do want to bring up the pay-per-view this sunday rebellion april 25th which is being highlighted by the groundbreaking earth shattering i don't know if you can you know a little bit of sarcasm in my tone and we'll talk about that in a second. Champion versus champion match. Impact World Champion. Impact Unified World Champion. Rich Swan is going to be facing AEW World Champion Kenny Omega. Um, last week on Impact Wrestling, they had a press conference between the two parties, uh, representatives from both companies. And it did give it a, a bit of oomph that the story really needed. Um, both on the formal side of, of both companies being able to go out and explain the format of the match. Something very interesting that's coming out is that a referee from both companies will be present during the match. They keep mentioning that for a reason. What that reason is, we won't know until Sunday. Mm. But uh, there, that's a point. And that there will be a winner. That's that, that is their purpose, is to, to, to determine a winner. And that the point uh, of that, and, and regardless of who wins, they will be expected to be champions of both companies, to run full schedules, to uh, defend both titles, all of, of the, you know, all the things they are supposed to do. Um but it still, for me, has been a lackluster buildup. We finally got this. It was a great po- promo package that uh, was put together uh, that was aired on This Is Rebellion um, on Tuesday. The same promo package was aired on AEW Dynamite and, of course, again on Impact this Thursday. But Another interesting tidbit, and this seems like a little bit of blending of storyline in real life, is that Tony Khan went on Busted Open uh, radio show earlier this week and talked about why there hasn't been much publicity of impact on AEW. His explanation was that he pays for the airtime on Impact Wrestling, and so that's why Impact has promoted AEW, uh, but not the other way around. As I'm shaking my head and wondering what, what yeah. this is not a partnership. The forbidden door has not been opened. Now you're just saying that you've paid for airtime and that's why. Um, and, and that's why we haven't seen that much publicity on AEW television, but that still does not negate as we've talked about. You had Kenta on your show 
beating up John Moxley to help promote a New Japan angle. How come you don't have Rich Swan come on your show for just one night, just like yeah. you with Kenta, to help build the story? The only time they mentioned it was during a commercial between Trent and Penta this week. Like, that's yeah. the only time it's ever been mentioned on AEW. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy to me. Like, what does Impact get from this? Like, yeah. And that's been the, the big question all along, and it just I doesn't mean, seem much. It just seems like it was well, to get the good brothers, and that's all that anybody yeah. cared about. And-, <laughs> and and now that you you've mentioned this angle with the referees... They had a they had a perfect that too. Why didn't they have something with a a referee at some point during Dynamite? This we just mentioned it. You know, uh, maybe it won't be Aubrey, but to say, oh, there's no Aubrey Ed- Edwards is no nonsense referee. Maybe she's the ref they'll pick for this weekend's pay per view. Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah. Exactly. That'd be cool. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, yeah. Go ahead. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's been a very for me personally as a big fan of Impact, been a very frustrating angle to see this to not be upon its full potential. Um, but this does have very big implications, and this could really go a whole lot of ways. For me, I feel like I know Kenny Omega is going to win, but how he wins, what that means, that's still a really big question mark that can have implications on that. Um, but also, what does that mean if they haven't promoted it this far on AEW television? What makes anybody think once Kenny wins those belts or wins the belt um, that that's going to have any visibility on AEW television and it's going to make any kind of impact on impact? Um, I mean, they rarely acknowledge him and talk about how he's a triple A mega campion, you know, know. only when it's relevant, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, like they don't make it feel like a big deal. Yeah. Uh, but real quick, as far as just the rest of the card, some interesting tidbits. Um, the knockouts, uh, tag team championships are going to be on the line. Uh, Fire and Flava, Kara Hogan and Tasha Steeles are going to be defending the titles against Jordan Grace and just announced Rachel Ellering making Ooh. her debut. Uh, with uh, Impact. So I think that's a great steal, great grab for Impact. That's going to be a really, really good team, and I think it's going to be a fantastic match. So uh, keep an eye out for that, for the Impact Knockouts Tag Team titles. Uh, we also yeah. are going to get an eight-man tag match. Chris Sabin, Eddie Edwards, James Storm, and Willie Mack are going to be facing Violent by Design, which is Eric Young, Joe Doring, Rhino, and Diener. So we get our dose of Willie Mack in an eight-man tag match, um, and I think this is going to be pretty entertaining as well. We have a last-man-standing match, Trey Miguel versus Sammy Callahan, and then a three-way match, a triple threat for the X Division Championship, Ace Austin, Josh Alexander, and TJP. That's going to be fire. That match is just is I can just already tell going to be fantastic. Uh, we do have the good brothers who are going to be facing Finn Juice, David Finley and Juice Robinson for the uh, for the uh, Impact World Tag Team Championships. 
Uh, Deanna Perazzo is going to be defending the Knockouts Championship against Tennille Dashwood. And, of course, your main event, Rich Lawn versus Kenny Omega. Um, and, yeah, I mean, uh, Mauro Ronello is going to be announcing or going to be on commentary for that. So they're really laying it in thick over this past week. I'm really doing all of these final big pushes for that. So who knows how that's going to translate into pay-per-view buys, into views, into social media mentions. Things are going to change after Sunday, one way or another, whether they're really good or really bad. Things are going to change. Um, it is very much a culmination of months and months of this what's happening, this forbidden door type of conversation, but we know how much of this is played out. So there's are there is segments of this that still feel honestly a little disappointing. Um but you know it's not over to the fat lady sings. So we're just gonna see what happens this Sunday at Rebellion. Um it is available on pay-per-view on the Impact Plus app as well. Um and yeah, this time next week, the world that we know of Impact Wrestling is going to change. That I know. Yeah, um, potentially the world of wrestling, but you know, I'm not holding my breath. Yes, yes. This yeah. was December. We'd probably be a lot more optimistic, but we 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 know now. We know so many things. We know too many things. Uh, but that is it for this week's episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You can follow Lucha Central on social media at, at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. Don't forget to check out the YouTube page. Lots of great content, including Denise Alcedo, who uh, does previews and uh, post shows of WWE events, plus her interviews. Lots of great matches um, and interviews from other staff at LuchaCentral.com. So you, hours and hours that you can spend on the YouTube page just watching videos. While you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. Dusty, where can our listeners find you? I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy, and I am on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy. And, Brendan, where can our listeners find you? I am 321T-Shirt Guy. That's the numbers, 321T-Shirt Guy spelled out. I am on Instagram. I am on – and I am on – on Twitter. And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out. A big shout out to our friends listening uh, at thechairshot.com, um, a partner who now this is airing every Monday. So thank you to yeah. all of those who are listening through thechairshot.com. Um, if you are listening to this through your favorite podcast streaming platform like Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Speaker, Podbay, all of that, you can rate, review, subscribe. That way you get notifications every time a new episode drops. You can leave us a five-star rating and you can give us a review. Let us know your thoughts on the show, topics we should cover, things you agree with, don't agree with, whatever it may be. 
let us know. Also, as we mentioned earlier in the show, if you are an independent wrestler, fan of an independent promotion, promoter, anything regarding independent wrestling and Lucha Libre, make sure you reach out to Brendan Barr um, and you could possibly be featured on a future segment uh, of um, the Indie Roundup. So, I mean, hey, nothing better than free publicity. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Again, it's at to Brendan's discretion, but yeah. but it, it could be your try. ticket to fortune and fame. You don't know. You don't know <laughs> until you try. <laughs> I love watching indie matches, so I, I I'm not gonna lie. I'm still watching the naughty. One. Oh yeah, we just don't talk about it. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we just don't say anything. That's we all hide right. our That's shame all right. from God. <laughs> uh, well, again, everyone, thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week, as always, giving you the Lucha Libre news and content you need to know about. So for Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all, and we will be back next week. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious, ultra-low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving, plus high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10, H-E-R-O dot C-O.